Broadcasting from London, Ontario, Canada to the rest of the world, it's Ask the Top. Thank you very much for tuning into the latest episode of Ask the Top. As always, I greatly appreciate your ongoing support. And of course, without it, this show would cease to exist, not only because nobody would be listening to it, but because your questions fuel this program. That's right. You ask questions, and I answer them in a way that is unscripted, raw, and honest. That's what you tune in for, after all. Of course, we cover news, rumors, highlights from the week, make some predictions along the way, but I answer your questions. So keep asking them all over social media. Ask the Top is my Facebook fan page, so like that page if you haven't already. At Chris Top, like on Twitter, those are the two primary channels where you're going to get news, rumors, new episodes of the show, and of course, just simply put, my opinion on what's going on in the world of the WWE and beyond. At Chris Top, like on Instagram, at Chris Top, like on Google Plus, no Patreon here. You get this show for free and hopefully on a weekly basis with a second show that is set to launch very, very soon. And I mentioned your questions. There's plenty of them to get to. So let's not waste much time on this episode. The Hearts versus the Von Eriks, a modern day four horsemen. Who I would choose and most importantly, why? The likelihood of Kane returning Hogan's announcement and a top star unfortunately missing NXT TakeOver. For new episodes of the show, subscribe to me on YouTube. If you haven't already, do me a favor, subscribe to me right now. YouTube.com forward slash Chris Toplack. Spreaker.com and TheReactionRoom.com. An excellent sponsor since day one. Of course, there's also podcast apps such as Overcast. Can't forget about them in iTunes as well. Today, I am going to be sipping on Guinness. Opening up, oh, a tall boy of that. It's funny. You would think that when it's summer in Canada, which feels like it seemingly disappears in three weeks, I'd be sipping on a Corona or something a little bit lighter. No, I go with an Irish stout. God is a great. One of my favorites. Hard to say no to that one. Originally, I was debating, do I have a beer? Do I not? But let's keep the tradition going. I know it's not a craft beer, but you can't go wrong with an ice cold Guinness. Mm, that is good. Industry news and rumors before we get to highlights from the week. And of course, your questions. All hail Mayor Kane. Last Thursday, Glenn Kane Jacobs was elected mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Much like many of his wrestling matches, it was a one-sided victory that saw him defeat Democrat nominee Linda Haney, 51,804 votes to 26,224. In an interview with Sports Illustrated, he noted that he remained quite composed until he heard from one Vincent K. McMahon. Here's what he had to say. Vince has been very supportive throughout this entire endeavor. He reached out to extend his congratulations. Vince wants all of us to do well no matter what we're doing because it reflects well on the company. And then he had to compose himself. On a personal level, between me and him, it's important, basically, that he's proud of me. He's done so much for me and my family. He sent me a text that got me all choked up. So that's great that Vince is reaching out to his extended family, wishing them congratulations 
Congratulations going out to Glenn Kane Jacobs. A question about him later on in the show. How about All In? It is set for pay-per-view. If you're hoping to watch the All In event on September the 1st, but you won't be attending in person, you're in luck. Because you can watch it for $39.99. That's it. 5.TV, $39.99 in the full card. It's looking pretty impressive as well, too. And also, you can watch StarCast on Fight. That's F-I-T-E. And actually, right now, it is $79.99 available up until midnight on August the 10th, which is just a couple of days away. So take advantage of that because you can watch a ton on there. The Roast of Bruce Pritchard. There's a whole bunch more on there as well, too. I'm just looking at There's live podcasts. DDP Yoga, if you want to do that. NWO Reunion. Remembering Andy Kaufman. Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. The Death of WCW Panel. How could you not enjoy this? Fight.tv, F-I-T-E. I swear I don't get paid for this. This isn't Patreon here. I do this for free. Stop by there to check that out. I think it's going to be a fantastic weekend. There's a lot to offer. On Sunday, Hulk Hogan teased a major announcement on Saturday, October the 27th, which I may add happens to be the day before the all-women's pay-per-view evolution. Or evolution is a mystery. I just can't help myself. October the 27th would be the biggest day ever and that history will be made again in the world of wrestling. That's what Hulk Hogan had to say. He added two sweets and Hollywood Hogan for life. There's a countdown clock on his website, HulkHogan.com. Scott Hall and Kevin Ash have bantered back and forth on Twitter, both confirming they are available on that date. I should add, in that photo of the countdown clock, it is Hollywood Hulk Hogan. He's wearing the NWO black and white. What could this be? During a conference call to promote SummerSlam, Samoa Joe revealed two names, very familiar, by the way, if you listen to the show, that he believes will excel on the main roster. I think Aleister Black is a good bet. And then there is Velveteen Dream. Do you agree or disagree with his bets? I'm completely fully aligned with what he has to say. I believe both of those individuals will go far if booked properly. That's the asterisk beside it on the main roster. The WWE announced the following as of today. The Mae Young Classic 2018 premieres Wednesday, September the 5th on the WWE Network. There will be 32 of the most elite female competitors from around the world. Wednesday, September the 5th at 9. That's when you can tune in. It's immediately following WWE NXT. The single elimination tournament will continue each Wednesday night until only two competitors Remain. The finalists will then battle for the May Young Classic Trophy at WWE Evolution, the first ever all women's pay per view on Sunday, October the 28th, live on the WWE Network. And I like this broadcast booth. You have Michael Cole, Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix, and Renee Young. You have some different flavor in there. Are you looking forward to it? They have a stacked roster. Check it out on WWE. Dot com for full details. ProWrestlingSheet.com is reporting that Aleister Black will not be competing at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 
due to a groin injury. Further being said that he has surgery and basically he isn't expected to be cleared until October. For a man that was just recently reigning supreme as champion, very disappointing news. Highlights from the week. How about Paul Heyman's sit-down interview on Monday Night Raw? He was distraught, highly emotional, and clearly heartbroken in a committed performance that was reminiscent of Daniel Day-Lewis, method acting at its absolute finest. One of the greatest promos in the history of the business. If he's not in your top five, he should be. And you need to immediately revise your list if he's not. I love how he's subtly planting the seeds of turning on Brock Lesnar. Could be a red herring, though. To quote Sting, the only thing for sure about Paul Heyman is that nothing's for sure. Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Solid match. Speaking of believability, how about Ronda Rousey versus Alicia Fox? Ronda Rousey embodies believability. Being genuine and true to yourself. She walks through the curtain. All eyes are glued. Tossed Fox around like a rag doll. No matter where you place her on the card, she is the true main event. Match of the week, not even a close second. The New Day versus The Bar. They had the crowd eating out of the palm of their hands. All those near falls. Ooh. Had me on the edge of my seat. The Miz and Daniel Bryan love how they're progressing that. The Miz poking and prodding, attacking Daniel's character. He's coming off like a psychopath, but wouldn't you? If somebody was attacking your integrity, would you not want to punch them in the face? That's exactly what Daniel Bryan is doing, although he ate a glass to his head for his troubles. And then there's the build towards AJ and Samoa Joe. It's very personal. If you recall correctly, last week, Samoa Joe said that he respected AJ Styles, thought that he was a great performer, but he's put the business ahead of his family. He made it very personal. And AJ made sure to call him out on that, how he threw away a friendship in one quick promo. Cannot wait for that match at SummerSlam. This is episode 48, and I will fully say, and I'm going to put this man over, and I'm not being biased because he's one of my closest friends, This is arguably the best question I've ever been asked in the history of Ask the Top. Kyle Scarf, via Facebook. Here's something a little different I was thinking about the other day. Without taking overall success into account, which family had the overall better wrestling abilities, the Von Erichs or the Hearts? And then following up, which family would you consider to have endured more tragedy as a whole? Well, let's break this down a bit in terms of the prominent members of each family. So representing the Von Erichs, you have Fritz, you have David, who I should add, I adamantly believe he's the most talented member of the family. He would have very likely carried the NWA banner. Carrie, Kevin, Mike, and Chris. Chris was very undersized and his career, never really took off. And then representing the Hearts, you have Stu, Brett, Owen, Smith, Bruce, and Keith. Plus, you have Davey Boy Smith, who was married in, and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. It's not even taking into account Natalia, Tyson Kidd, or David Hart Smith. So from a wrestling ability standpoint, I have to give it to the Hearts in a landslide. Bret Hart, accolades aside, was arguably the greatest in-ring storyteller of all time. And Owen Hart was an innovator and incredibly versatile. Ahead of his time in many different ways. While David 
possessed a ton of skill and natural ability, his life was cut far too short. Carey also possessed a great deal of ability, but the motorcycle accident really impacted his in-ring work post-1986. Also, I've watched a lot of his work, and he wasn't really the general that Owen or Brett were. So from the perspective of tragedy, the Von Erichs win this portion without question. The Von Erichs have been overcome with tragedy. While Owen died in a freak accident and the British Bulldog was overwhelmed with drug-related issues, an ominous dark cloud seems to hover over the Von Erich family, a David that died in what many speculate was actually a drug overdose. Kerry committed suicide uh, on his father's ranch. Ah, that was brutal. Mike overdosed on a tranquilizer committing suicide, and then Chris committed suicide at 21 years old. So that's three, potentially four suicides. So to summarize, even removing accomplishments, the Hearts were the far more talented family, but the Von Erichs have endured more tragedy. Again, great question. That's a main event question. Teresa, via Google+, Plus. Who should Ambrose feud with upon his return? I believe Rollins. It's not going to happen. But I would love to see a jealous Dean Ambrose return and instantly turn heel on Seth Rollins. Who wouldn't want to see that, especially if Ambrose embodied his inner Brian Pillman or the Joker? Like being sadistic for a change and not silly and goofy. But again, realistically... He'll likely return and team with Rollins against Ziggler and McIntyre. And I'm being told within about the next month. Go to at WrestleVotes on Twitter. They will let you know what's really going to be happening with Dean Ambrose. They always seem to have the inside scoop. Why, why, Mimi? Is that your real name? Via Google+. Plus, What is the next step for Jason Jordan? Well, given his lackluster singles run, I would imagine they're going to try and pair him back with Chad Gable, perhaps American Alpha Part 2. It was failed. And it was really the storyline that really did not lend itself that well to him. The son of Kurt Angle, it just didn't work. Edward via Facebook. Mr. McMahon has given you creative and writing control on a new Four Horsemen lineup. Who do you pick and why? Are they heel, babyface, or a tweener faction? How and when do they debut any specific feuds? So I'm not going to get that deep into it, but I want to let you know who I would pick and why. Personally, I would actually fight for a fresh concept. I wouldn't even label them the Four Horsemen. Look what they did with Evolution. That was perfect. But if I lost, which is very likely with Vince, and I was forced to book a new Four Horsemen lineup, here's who I would choose and why. Bobby Roode. Arrogant heel. You can tell he's very inspired by Ric Flair. So he's perfect. He even has the robes. The Revival. They remind me so much of Arn and Tully. And how about this? Bobby Lashley, the muscle. Very athletic, too. And then as a manager, put Paul Heyman in there. If you're concerned about Bobby Lashley and his lack of charisma or the fact he's not able to speak, there's your answer. Bobby Roode, The Revival, Bobby Lashley, and Paul Heyman. Or how about option two, Dolph Ziggler, The Revival, and Drew McIntyre. Food for thought. And by the way, I would book them as opportunistic heels. City Chic via Twitter. So now that Kane is mayor of Knox County, 
What will that mean for his future with the WWE? In my humble opinion, his WWE career is effectively over with. It's completed. At this point, the only thing left to do is induct Kane into the WWE Hall of Fame, and that should be The Undertaker doing so. Given the scope of his responsibilities, he's going to be far too occupied in his new position as mayor to make any returns or guest appearances. Now, that being said, in an interview with Rolling Stone, Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, shed some light on his future with the WWE. He had to say, WWE is always going to be part of me, and hopefully I'll always be part of it. I haven't ruled out making any special appearances every now and then. My main priority is being mayor, of course. My role in the WWE does bring a lot of attention to Knox County, so that's cool. It's just a matter of making sure everything I do, WWE or any other outside stuff, does not impact my role as mayor. And that's the main factor. If I voted for Glenn Jacobs, which, by the way, great campaign, very intelligent human being, I'm sure he'll do a bang-up job in Knox County as mayor. Do I want him fully committed to being mayor and serving our community or going back to the WWE and you know tackling other endeavors? I'd want him fully committed as mayor. That's why I would elect him. So I really don't hope he returns, quite frankly. I want to see him committed in this new role and then inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. That's what I predict is going to happen, but he's very likely going to make some appearances down the road, especially because he basically hinted at that. JJ via Twitter, does Mike Kanellis even stand a chance of succeeding anymore? If you're keeping track, Mike has been kept off WWE television for months. Actually feels like years. And has been recovering from a drug addiction. This is from about a year, year and a half ago. And his wife, Maria, recently gave birth. So it's clear that they are giving him some space, recharge the batteries. He's still competing on the house show circuit, but they really want him back in the thick of things, hopefully pretty soon. First of all, I would change his name back to Mike Bennett. And I would place him in a tag team with Maria as their manager. You might be thinking, but Chris, this is exactly how they booked him in ROH. Precisely. He's a decent worker but requires a partner with more charisma in order to carry the load. Don't believe me? Go watch his run. I like the dynamic there. Eagles Brinks HDTV via Google+. Who on NXT is most likely to turn heel? I believe it's going to be Mr. Ono. There's really nothing else to do with him. At this point, a.k.a. Chris Hero. I I wish they went with that actual name. But there's nothing else to do with him at this point. He's essentially a jobber to the stars. Give him a nice heel run and see what he does there. Clinton James Smith via Facebook. So why is it that WWE can't do something smart like New Japan Pro Wrestling and gain a four-way partnership between New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact and ROH and Revolution Pro and expand out instead of having such a big roster that they don't know what to do with. I understand where you're coming from, but those other companies would simply be piggybacking off the success of the WWE. And they actually already have a relationship with Evolve and some other minor promotions too. Sure, the WWE could easily have a better working relationship with territories such as those in order to pursue a talent exchange And that could be similar to what they had with ECW 1997. But again, that's what NXT is for. 
They're going to go search the indies. They're going to offer them a great deal. They're going to bring them in. They're going to groom them and bring them up to the main roster. So I really don't see that happening for the pure fact that those companies benefit from it and they do not. So they're smarter to keep it simple with Evolve and some other smaller promotions rather than New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is the number two and even Impact. Mike Leochi via Facebook, in your opinion, what must WWE do to get fans interested in Lesnar versus Reigns at SummerSlam, as it is most certain fans in Brooklyn will boo and hijack the match? Only way it works is if Owens or Strowman cashes in Money in the Bank during the match. I honestly believe the majority of fans actually want Brock Lesnar to lose this match. You talk about hijacking, he's hijacked the title. He has. How many times has he competed this year and defended it? A couple times? So really to combat any potential negative reaction, you have about three options. Make it a quick match with Roman winning in lopsided fashion. I say keep it under five minutes. Paul Heyman turns on Brock Lesnar, leading to a Roman Reigns victory. That's what I'm leaning towards. Or Braun Strowman cashes in. Now given the fact he's currently a top babyface, even though he does have history with Roman Reigns, I doubt this will be done on Roman. I can't imagine they're going to risk Roman losing again, so Roman Reigns loses. Fans go, ah, oh, Brock Lesnar again, and then Braun Strowman cashes in. But nonetheless, three viable options there. And that will do it for yet another edition of Ask the Top. I'll take a swig of my Guinness and say goodbye. Now, before we part ways, next week is a special edition of Ask the Top. It is a full NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam edition of the show. That means previews and predictions. You can look forward to that one next Thursday. And until then, happy trails to you until we meet again.